Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. If you would turn your Bible to Luke chapter 2. Uh, Luke chapter 2. And uh, I want to thank Pastor for the opportunity to preach tonight. And uh, I do not take it a light thing to stand behind this podium. Uh, and I'm thankful every time to God for the opportunity to proclaim the Word of God. Um, in Luke chapter 2, we'll read here in a moment. Um, but during this time of year, something we understand, uh, since most of us have been alive, is that Christmas time has been, become very commercial uh, throughout the world. Uh, there's retailers uh, playing off that commercialism, uh, but not only playing off that, but playing off our covetousness. Um, I'm guilty of it because I did ask for something for Christmas. Um, and so I'm not innocent of that, but they play off of that. And so uh, it gets to the point, if you're not careful, that you think about the commercial part of it, then you think about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and the reason that we have Christmas. We get busy buying gifts for everyone. Uh, we get busy going to different uh, parties and different uh, events. And uh, sometimes we leave out Jesus uh, out of the Christmas season. We have to be careful not to do that. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was uh, dubbed the term uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. I don't know who dubbed that or how it's been dubbed, um, but that's uh, kind of a play off the message tonight, and it's not Jesus is the reason for the season, uh, but Jesus is the result of the season. Uh, and what is the result of the season that we're in right now? What kind of impact should it have on us? Uh, we celebrate Christmas Eve tonight, and uh, I'm thankful that we have the opportunity together as a church family to celebrate Christmas Eve together uh, and the principle that we have to understand and remember that Christmas uh, is about Jesus Christ and it is more about giving than it is receiving. Uh, something that I've lacked to teach my children. I've tried to teach them that lesson, uh, but sometimes you don't realize that you don't really teach that lesson uh, completely. Uh, my daughter Melody, not too long ago, just a couple days ago, got a $50 Amazon gift card. That's pretty special. Uh, Pastor was telling us about how he shopped on Amazon this year and uh, how he shopped for Amazon. Didn't tell you this part, but Miss Allison created a wish list. And then she emailed the wish list to him. He got on that wish list, made it completely easy. I mean, just, well, Melody had this $50 uh, Amazon gift card and uh, it was gifted to her. Well, she hasn't done any Christmas shopping for anyone yet, but she was excited about getting this Amazon gift card. So she went in and logged in. Uh, to mom's account, put that card down on there, uh, got herself a skirt, a purse, and shoes, and she just had a time uh, with that gift card. And then uh, she comes in uh, to me, uh, the teens are going to go shopping uh, for the parents, and she comes into my room and she asks for money <laughs> so that she could go shopping for me. And I said, dear, let, let me teach you a lesson about giving and receiving. And uh, her face dropped, as I imagine it is right now, uh, not really wanting to understand that lesson. Um, but it is more about giving than it is receiving. And uh, I, want, I want you to, um, uh, as you look at Luke chapter 2, uh, being that Jesus is the result of the season, I want, you to, I want to give a couple of... Uh, uh, of, of, of passages of scripture here before we get into the verse. Uh, but in Matthew one twenty one it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that can take any sins off our account. 
He's the only one that shed his blood for our sins. He's the only one that died for our sins. There's not one religious act that we could do to get one sin off of our account. Uh, but Jesus paid it in full when he died on the cross of Calvary. Uh, Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Uh, that's another truth that we, re we, we remember that Jesus Christ, not as just the babe in the manger, but he is God uh, that dwelt among us. Uh, his name being Emmanuel, uh, being interpreted as God is with us or God with us. But in Luke chapter 2, we see here the Christmas story. Uh, we pick up reading in, in verse 4 of Luke chapter 2. And uh, the first part of this message, I'm going to give uh, a little bit of comic relief. I'm going to give a preacher blooper uh, that happened this week. Um, I, I do realize it's a little irreverent that I, that I share it, uh, but it happened in the Madison Baptist Academy Chapel this week. And it was a laugh bomb that just went off throughout all the chapel. And I'm going to share that with you uh, against my better judgment. But anyway, we see here... And uh, Luke chapter 4, and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea and the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, uh, because he was the house and lineage of David, uh, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should, that she should be delivered, and she, and this is what I said, shot forth her, her firstborn son. Oh, and it erupted. We had to stop for a little while. Uh, just misspeaking. There's a preacher blooper there. Um, one of those Ings is Weagle type mistakes there. Uh, but nonetheless, she did bring forth her firstborn uh, son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room uh, for them in the inn. All right, we pick up reading in verse 8. And I want to focus just a little while on the shepherds that were in the field. The attention on the shepherds just for a moment uh, we see here first, and there were uh, in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, uh, keep, uh, keeping watch over their flock by night. All right, so I wanted to give you uh, three reasons uh, why I believe that these angels were chosen by God to receive the vision that they received, uh, to be able to witness the things that they witnessed this night. Uh, three things about these shepherds. Uh, first of all, a shepherd defined as a man employed in tending, feeding, and guarding sheep in a pasture. Uh, and these men, uh, three reasons why they were chosen of God to be able to do that. Number one uh, is they were abiding in the field. This is the place that they were supposed to be. Uh, these shepherds were exactly where they were supposed to be. And because of that, uh, God was able to uh, send his message through them. And we call this uh, divine appointments in our life, being exactly where you're supposed to be. Uh, and the amazing thing about divine appointments is when you're exactly where you're supposed to be in the center of God's will, He starts doing ex exciting and extraordinary things uh, in and through you and around you when you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Uh, divine appointments um, uh, that I can think of in my life, uh, just a couple of them. First of all, um, one of the biggest, one, the biggest ones I, I have as a divine appointment uh, being exactly where I was supposed to be, uh, but living with a lifetime of regret because of this. Uh, we had a family that used to uh, uh, invest in, in, in Carrie and I and the kids, and they would take us out to spir spiritual leadership conferences. And uh, we would also go to other places like Hertz Castle, uh, Yosemite, things of that nature. And uh, we were in Yosemite in a minivan. And uh, we, for some reason, we were traveling these rocks that no minivan should ever be on uh, to go look at the Half Dome. No minivan needs to be going up where the half dome is, period. 
Uh, but that's where we are at. But we are in the center of, of God's will. Uh, we are exactly where we are supposed to be. Um, and my wife uh, had to, uh, I'm just going to say it, just rip the bandit off. She had to go to the bathroom, okay? Um, and we're in Yosemite in the place where we're not supposed to be. There's nowhere to go. Uh, we have no area to, to find. And all of a sudden uh, opens up this little rest area where there's a restroom. And uh, she goes to use, uh, to use that restroom where there's a lock. Pad, you just leave it to the government to padlock stuff when they shouldn't. Uh, but the restroom was padlocked. Uh, but there was a man in a campsite that had one of those Coleman zip-up porta potty things. I'd never seen one before. I hadn't seen one since. I don't care if I do ever see one again. Um, but we are exactly where we're supposed to be, uh, kind of like these shepherds. And the Holy Spirit was pounding on my heart to get out of the vehicle and talk to the man that was there at the campsite to give him the gospel. Uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, not audibly talking to me, but talking to me in my heart. I know that I'm supposed to get out and witness to this guy. And this is the, the, the reasoning that I came up into my mind. And this is, uh, this is so wicked. Uh, but, I, but I thought that the people I was with, I didn't want them to think that I was trying to be some super spiritual guy to get out and witness to everybody. So I sat there in a car when I was supposed to get out and witness to this guy. Uh, this will probably haunt me until, uh, until the Lord calls me home uh, because I don't know what would happen to this man if he would have heard uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but I know that I was where I was supposed to be, but I was not obedient uh, to the call that God had in my heart to go and witness there's a warning for us in that. And, and now that that has happened to me, it's been a blessing in my life because I never want to experience that again. So places that I'm at that I'm supposed to be, even when I don't want to. We had some, uh, I'm, 40, I'm going to be 47 in January, so we had names for people in schools. We called these guys the headbangers. They're heavy metal guys, um, the Metallica guys. Uh, we were somewhere, and uh, a group of these guys, and they, they were musclehead. We called those meathead. They were musclehead guys, um, and they're sitting there cutting up, cussing, drinking. I mean, they were just carrying on, and I'm kind of shunned from this, but the Holy Spirit's saying, yep, your turn. Go talk to them. No, 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 I can't do that. No, no. Um, but I said I remembered what it felt like not not doing what I was supposed to be doing. So I went and talked to those guys. I said, look, I'm glad y'all are here. Uh, nice, nice to see you guys. Y'all don't know me for anything, but I, I have something in my heart that I need to tell you folks. Uh, y'all may or may not want to hear what I have to say, uh, but this is vitally important. I went right through the gospel. I told them what they needed to do to get saved. Uh, gave them all Bible tracts. Uh, but I did what I was supposed to do. Um, and the shepherds were exactly where they were supposed to be. Um, and being where, you where you're supposed to be, this is a lesson that we get from these shepherds. I also have some of the biggest blessings uh, in my life and being where I'm supposed to be, abiding in the will of God. Uh, I would not be married today if I was not where I was supposed to be at the time I was supposed to be. I'm not a Calvinist. I don't uh, believe in that kind of stuff, but I believe in obedience to the word of God and the will of God. And God starts opening up the unknown will to him. And as I was, uh, got born again uh, back in 2002, and started serving in the local church, uh, started witnessing and, and, and reading my Bible and going faithfully to church. Uh, I met a gal who was uh, the pastor's daughter. I didn't know the pastor Allison or any of this stuff. 
but I met a gal, and uh, I know there was a call that went out, hey, tell me about this guy to my pastor down in Texas. And I do know this for a fact, if I was not abiding in the will of God and being exactly where I was supposed to be, my pastor would have told Brother Allison, no, sir, uh, this guy's a Sunday morning only guy. You don't want to have, have him anything to do with your daughter, uh, so make sure that uh, you watch out for that. Uh, but thankfully, doing the will of God, also the call to preach, if I wasn't where I was supposed to be in my daily devotions, God wouldn't spoke to me, and I don't have time to give the verse and everything that God spoke to me that day, but God called me to preach through being where I was supposed to be and doing my daily devotions. Uh, and then the answer to come to Madison Baptist Church, it'll be 11 years in January that I've been on staff here. Uh, we were exactly where we were supposed to be when, when the Holy Spirit talked through. Pastor Allison spoke through him about us coming out here to be on staff. And if we weren't where we were supposed to be, the, the word and the will of God uh, would not spoke to our hearts. So the lesson we learned from the shepherds tonight is that being where you're supposed to be, and I think that the reason uh, that God spoke to them and showed them this vision because they were actually uh, where they were supposed to be. And uh, let me give you a, one warning about a guy who wasn't where he was supposed to be. Uh, his name is Thomas of Didymus, and he's still referred to this day as Doubting Thomas uh, because he wasn't in, in Sunday night church when he was supposed to be in Sunday night church. Uh, we still refer to this guy as Doubting Thomas. All right, the second thing I see about these uh, shepherds uh, where God uh, allowed this vision uh, to come to them, they were able to see uh, this and hear this and, and uh, hear of the angels. Uh, the second thing is they were watching at night. Uh, we see here that in, in verse 8, uh, the same country shepherds abiding in the field, uh, keeping watch over their flock by night. That means they were diligent. Uh, they were diligent to uh, do their job. They were busy about watching the flock. Uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently uh, seek him. Uh, this is by night that the shepherds were abiding in the field, uh, and this is something that the disciples struggled with. Uh, the disciples couldn't even watch uh, when Jesus was going to go to the cross. Uh, they couldn't even watch and wait for the Savior. Um, in Matthew 26, 40, it says, And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Mark 14, 37 and 38 says, He cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, uh, Peter Simon, uh, sleepest thou, because thou not watch with me one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter in temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Um, and if we didn't know this, we know this. Uh, we, this is a truth that we know that this world, uh, the goal of this world is to uh, have us distracted. Where we're not abiding at night. Where we're not abiding where we're supposed to abide in the, in the field uh, that God has called for us. Um, the goal of this world, the flesh and the devil, is to take your attention, to distract you, uh, to take your love away from God, the way, the, away from the things of God. And just be careful this next year, uh, 2024 is an election year. And don't think for a second during that election year that the devil, the flesh in this world is not going to try to distract you with all the political stuff that's going to be going on around us. And instead of being out uh, as a result of, of the season, instead of being out and being the witness that we ought to be, we're going to get tied up in, in, in all this uh, philosophy of the world, all this political stuff, and we're going to get so distracted that we're not in our devotions, we're not loving God as we ought to, we're not witnessing as we ought to. Uh, we can have a lesson from the disciples about diligently watching uh, when it's time to watch. 
Uh, if you haven't noticed, our world is extremely wicked. Uh, Christians all around this world are falling asleep, being lulled to sleep ever since COVID, and they have not woken back up yet. It's time that we wake up and not be lulled to sleep uh, by the distractions that are going on around us. Uh, these shepherds were in the field and they were keeping a watch at night. Uh, and watch because He comes when you think it not. Jesus is coming at any moment. Uh, it could be tonight. It could be before we open presents in the morning, children. He could come. And you won't be worried about those presents at that point. Uh, he's coming soon. We need to be ready uh, for His coming. All right, so then we see the second one is the Lord uh, counted these men faithful to witness all that they witnessed. Uh, Look what it says in uh, verse 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I can only imagine being in a field with sheep, and all of a sudden uh, the angel of the Lord comes upon them. Uh, There's there's this bright light. The, The glory of the Lord is now shining round about them. In verse 10, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. And saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In verse 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away uh, from them in the heaven, uh, the shepherds said one to another. They began to talk at this point. Uh, what did we just witness? What did we just see? Uh, we heard a message. Look what it, it goes on to say. Let us now go. Um, in verse 15, let me read that again. And it, and it came to pass... As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, uh, the shepherds said one to another, Let us uh, now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which was come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Uh, This is a special time for these shepherds to be able to be uh, revealed this truth to them. In verse 16 it says, And they came with haste. Uh, They did not delay. Uh, They went immediately. They they saw the vision. They saw the mission. They saw what they were supposed to do. And they did not delay even a little bit. In verse 16, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in in the manger. Um, And this is something that I had not seen before. Maybe it was sung in a song. Maybe it's been there every year. Uh, Verse 17, I I saw it this morning. uh, And it was just exciting to me. And when they had, had seen it, they made known abroad. All right. Now, some say that could be locally, that they just opened their mouth, uh, started yelling. Uh, that to, unto us today of the city of David, a Savior is born. Uh, glad tidings and joy to all mankind. I mean, they're just uh, shouting this message. This could be that they ventured out a little bit from the camp uh, to tell folks. Uh, but with the one thing that I saw, the moment that the shepherds uh, encountered Jesus Christ, they started witnessing. Uh, They started opening their mouth and proclaiming the goodness of our Savior uh, here. And it says here, and and the beginning of that, or the end of verse 17, um, the saying which was told them concerning the child, and all they that heard it wondered at these things. So who is all they that heard it? I understand this, that the wise men are not at the manger right now. They don't come until he's at least two years old or a little bit under in a house as a young child. Uh, so the, the, the wise men are not here now. 
We have Joseph and Mary, the shepherds, but these men are now proclaiming the glory of God that a Savior has been born, and all that around it heard it, and they marveled at what they heard. I've never seen that these shepherds uh, turned into actual preachers at this point, and they're being used of of God as a mouthpiece at this point. Uh, And it goes on 18, and all they that heard it uh, wondered at those things which were told them uh, by the shepherds. And so they, they heard what the shepherds were saying. Uh, again, I'll read that. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Uh, and the shepherds were returned, uh, excuse me, and, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So it's just an interesting thing that the shepherds uh, became the witnesses. Uh, the shepherds proclaimed, and, and that's really my premise for tonight, is, is that uh, not just the reason of the season, but the purpose of the season, uh, is that we should be better witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this next year, is there one person that cannot say that I, I, I want to be a better witness this next year? Is there one person in here that cannot say, I, I want to do more for the Lord and open up my mouth to share the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? I want this season, this Christmas time, as I reflect on the birth of the one uh, who would ultimately die in my place and, and give me the free gift of eternal life by simply believing on Him, I want this year to be a year where I can open my mouth, where I'll actually have a soft heart to uh, listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God and, and be able to proclaim the gospel, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that He was buried, and three days later He rose from the dead according to the Scriptures, proclaiming that to all mankind everywhere, to young and old, uh, to tall and short, skinny and fat, to everyone that you can possibly think of, can you do that better this year? That will be a result of the season that we're in right now to do exactly what Jesus came to do, and that's to seek and to save that which was lost. And uh, Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. First uh, Peter, I'll read these very quickly. In First Peter 2.21, it says, for, he, uh, for even hereunto your call, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his, his steps. So if we're following the steps of the Savior, then we too will be seeking and to save uh, that which was lost. Uh, and this is organic, folks. This is not something that you have to be, be beat over the head with. Uh, this is organic as soon as you get born again, realizing that the sins have been taken off your account. It is an organic thing that the Holy Spirit now has you be a mouthpiece, giving, you, giving all of us the ministry of reconciliation is a natural thing. Uh, after I got saved in 2002, uh, I began to grow in the Lord that first year. That first year was rough for me. Uh, I was 25 years old when I ended up getting born again, and I had a life of sin, uh, of life of, of, of drinking alcohol, uh, a life of being in the Navy, uh, just, just all this stuff that I had in my heart. But I ended up getting born again. God completely forgave my sin debt, And at this point, when he forgave my sin debt, I didn't know how or why, but I knew that I was supposed to tell everyone that I possibly could. Uh, It was Christmas time at my my, uh, uncle's house there in in Texas, and uh, my family was made up of Nazarenes, Catholics, uh, the Lodge. The Lodge was really big in my family. Uh, And I had asked my uh, uncle because it was his home. I asked my grandpa because I believed that he was the head of the, the home if I could address the family at Christmas time. Uh, this is not something I planned out very well. 
Uh, I just knew that my family, if they didn't trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, would end up dying and going to, going to hell. Uh, and that wasn't God's will for anyone. And so I stood before that Christmas tree before we opened presents that morning, and I pleaded with my family to come to know Christ as personal Savior, uh, that they would place their faith and trust in Him. That was not something that the preacher uh, beat me over the head with or uh, tried to constantly tell me, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this. This is something the Holy Spirit, after I got born again, it was just natural to be able then to be a witness. Um, and, and so that's what, that's what we were able to do. Um, and so the reason or, or the result of the season is for you, for all of us, not just you, but for all of us, uh, to be a better witness. Let me give you a couple of verses in Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And Matthew 28, 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I told you it's going to be a short message. And now don't get excited, it's not that short. Uh, but I do want you to turn to a few passages of scriptures with me. We're going to read uh, a couple of stories where it changed the lives of people. They immediately began to be witnesses. Uh, this is, doesn't even scratch the surface on, on this. But um, uh, there was a leopard cleansed. Uh, Matthew chapter 1. Actually, I think that's Mark chapter 1. And we'll just walk down these stories real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll be done. At verse 40, we heard a message about this here recently. Uh, but it says in verse 40, Mark chapter 1, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And, and by the way, Jesus can. He can clean anyone. Brother Joe, your mic is on, just so you know. He could clean anyone at any time. Um, if you're lost, uh, you haven't been saved, he can forgive, forgive your sins right now. If you've been saved for some time and you've gotten cold or backslidden on God, uh, he can revive you right now. He can clean you from that. If you've gotten cold in your devotions and your love for him, he can forgive you of that. He can cleanse you of that. He can create a new heart in you. He can put a fire in your belly and your heart to do His will. Um, he is powerful enough to do that, uh, but you have to be willing to repent. You have to be willing to, to understand that maybe you have gotten cold toward the Lord, uh, toward the things of the Lord. Uh, maybe you're going through the motions. Maybe you're busy in ministry. Maybe you're busy at work, uh, but you've lost that, that heart and that love for God. Maybe you just don't care at all, and uh, God can clean that also. Uh, he is a powerful God. He can clean, He can save, He can give a renew in, in the heart and uh, soul, and He wants to do that with each of us. It says, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth His hand and touched Him, and saith unto Him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as He had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from Him, and, and He was uh, cleansed. And He straightly, straightly charged Him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See, thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priests, and offer uh, for those cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much 
and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. Uh, and they came to him from every quarter. Uh, this, this leopard who was cleansed was told, do not say anything. It's kind of the wet paint theory. Don't touch. <laughs> we all touch. Uh, anyway, he was told, do not say anything. And he could not help but to blaze abroad the matter to tell everyone. Uh, it was something natural for him because he had been, he had been cleansed. Uh, he'd been healed. Turn with me to uh, chapter 5 of the same, uh, same book. Uh, we see a maniac that was made whole. Uh, we won't read this whole story, but I want to I show you uh, beginning in about verse, uh, verse four, uh, 14. And they fled, uh, the swine fled and, and told it, uh, sw- the swine fled and told it in the city, uh, in the country, and they went out to see what was, uh, that what was done. Uh, and they come to Jesus and see him that he was possessed with the devil and had, uh, had the legion. Uh, sitting and clothed in his right mind, uh, and they were so afraid. Uh, so we see here first there was a naked man that met Jesus, and now he's clothed. Uh, by the way, if you are a believer, you need to be clothed. That's just a side note. Uh, you need to have the right kind of clothes on, too. That's God's will for you. That's not just a, a legalistic thing you hear from uh, people that love God and love the book and love, love the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a real thing that if you're a believer, God wants you to be clothed the right way. Uh, and that's happened to this man. As soon as he met Jesus, uh, he was clothed, sitting in his right mind. He was crazy, um, but now he's sober in his thinking, sober in his mind, sober in his beliefs. Uh, and it says, and they were afraid. Uh, and, that, and, and, excuse me, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that he was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him uh, to, part, to depart out of the coast. That word pray just means to ask. Uh, they begin to ask him to depart out of their coast. They begin to pray uh, him to depart out of the coast. Uh, and, when, and, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him uh, that he might be with him. This man wanted to be with Jesus. He wanted to go where he went, lodge where he lodged. Uh, he wanted to be with Jesus. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on thee. And the Bible says, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things that Jesus had done for him. (coughs) And all men did marvel. Uh, This is another instance where a man got healed. Uh, He was possessed with these devils. Uh, Matter of fact, I I, I wrote some things down here and I I read some of these, uh, but it, it relates to each of us. He was naked, met Jesus. He was clothed. He was crazy, met Jesus. Now he's in his right mind. He was headed for hell, met Jesus, and now he is in heaven. And one day we'll meet this man uh, that is heaven in heaven all because he met Jesus. He wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus told him to go home and to tell your friends. Uh, this, is, this is the Christmas season. Uh, this Christmas season, you'll have opportunity to tell family and friends. Uh, you'll have opportunity to tell loved ones. You'll have opportunity to tell strangers. Uh, text messages, phone calls, messenger uh, there's so many avenues where you can uh, share God's word and be that blessing. Um, and so I encourage you, uh, as the Holy Spirit leads you, and he will this week, if you'll be sensitive uh, to that leadership, he'll have you talk to a cousin, to an aunt. He'll have you talk to some family member that you're around tomorrow during the Christmas uh, time. Uh, get them off aside. Tell them about the wonderful good news that a Savior has come. Uh, this is going to be God's will for each of us. 
Uh, this is a result of the season that we're in uh, to be a better witness. And I'm, I'm going to close. I have one more, uh, one more here on here, but I'm going to skip that one. And I'm just going to close uh, with 2 Kings chapter 7. If you'll turn to 2 Kings chapter 7. Again, a result of the season being a better witness for him. 2 Kings uh, chapter 7. Uh, just, just, uh, just a brief background. Uh, the nation of Israel is under a siege. Uh, they've been besieged for um, a very long time where basically they're, um, uh, they're eating dove's dung. Uh, they're wanting to uh, kill children and eat them. That's how desperate that they got. Uh, but in verse 3, we see here that there are four leper, leprous men at the entering of the gate. Uh, these men were not allowed into the city. So at the entering of the gate, these four leprous men were, uh, were sitting there. And this is the question they asked one another in verse 3. Why sit we here until we die? Uh, these men are starving to death. These men are leprous. And they realize that no matter what they do, they're dying. And we find ourselves sitting here. Why are we just going to sit here until we die? Uh, and this is not a newsflash to anyone, but we are uh, all sitting here until we die. Uh, we all are going to have death's day. Uh, some for sooner than others. Uh, but unless the Lord returns, none of us are escaping death's day. So the question is, why are we just going to sit here until we die? That's the question these leprous men ask themselves. As the story goes on, uh, it's a familiar story to some. Uh, verse 4, uh, it goes on to say, If we say uh, we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. And if we shall die there... Uh, and if we sit uh, still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. They are camped around about. And if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, uh, we shall but die. They're in a hopeless situation. Uh, death is, is, is at the door. And they rose up uh, in the twilight to go into the camp uh, of the Assyrians, and when they were coming to the uttermost part of the camp, the Assyrians, behold, and there was no man there, for the Lord had made the host of the Assyrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, uh, even the noise of a great host. Uh, and they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians uh, to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled, and this is interesting, they fled in the same time that the lepers got up in the twilight. Look at verse 7, it says, when they fled in the twilight, uh, go back in verse 5, and they rose up in the twilight. The same time that the leprous men said, why sit we here till we die? By faith, they went ahead and go to, uh, went to the camp. The Lord allowed uh, these men to be scared off to hear these, uh, these chariots in verse 8. And when the leopards came uh, to the utter part, uh, excuse me, the, the uttermost part of the camp, uh, they went uh, one tent and did eat and drink. And carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Uh, then they said one to another, we do not well. We do not well. This day is the day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, uh, come that we may go and tell the king and his household. And I'll stop reading right there. That'll be the last message or the last point. Uh, but I want to remind you that you've been given a command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
Uh, and there's great treasure and great blessings and great forgiveness of sins uh, if you'll just go and tell. Uh, but listen, as these uh, leprous men came to the knowledge of we do not well, uh, because if we hold this message and we do not uh, tell, what if some great thing fall upon us uh, and some uh, chastisement or, or some wicked thing happen to us and, and we end up losing our life because we're too selfish and we're too wrapped up in our own lives to go and tell uh, the king all the riches and the blessings that we have found this day. So what are we going to do with this message? What are we going to do the message with Christmas, with the Savior coming? Uh, maybe family, friends, strangers. Uh, the result is we're going to try to win everyone that we can. What are you going to do this Christmas season? Tomorrow's Christmas morning. Merry Christmas to everyone. But the day after that, it's not Christmas anymore. Then we're going to have the new year. We're going to be making some weight loss resolutions. Some of us. The clothes aren't fitting anymore. We're making some resolutions, okay? But what about some spiritual resolutions? To be a better witness, a better uh, someone that... Uh, we're better at walking with God in that daily devotion, that daily life. What decision are you going to make about your witness? Are you going to uh, be like these uh, leopards who almost did not go and tell the king uh, and all those that have been besieged? You know we're in besieged land right now. Uh, they are hungering and thirsting for someone to tell them something. Uh, not everyone is going to receive the message. We understand that. But we have to do the best we can to tell everyone that we can. Because that's God's will for us. We learned some lessons from the shepherds, uh, how that we're uh, abiding where we're supposed to abide, uh, that we're diligently praying and watching at night, uh, praying and in our devotions and doing the things we're supposed to do, and then by faith allowing, uh, being the witness uh, that we need to be. And I just encourage you this Christmas season that uh, you'll be a, a better witness uh, than you have been being, and myself included. Uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you tonight. We do thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for the message uh, tonight that convicted my heart uh, about being more diligent for the things you have for us. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, if there be anyone here uh, this Christmas Eve uh, that has not trusted you as personal Savior, uh, that you'd speak to their heart right now about their sin, uh, that they have sinned greatly against your love and your law, and because of that sin, they're headed for hell. I pray tonight that they would turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting only in His death, burial, and resurrection. And tonight they'd make a decision to trust Him as personal Savior. Lord, I pray you speak to hearts. Uh, as we have the invitation, uh, Lord, this Christmas season, that we'd pray for lost loved ones, pray for people we may be encountering tomorrow. Uh, Lord, may you do your will amongst your people. Uh, this is your invitation, and uh, we leave this invitation to you. For we ask it all in Jesus' name.